Welcome back to the Betsburg Golf DFS show here at BetsburgSkoff.com. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle. Joined today, first up, you know him as PGA Splits 101 on Twitter. It is none other than the great Ron Kloss. Ron, how are you doing ahead of the third major of the year? Yeah, just really excited. Um, you know, with all the drama going on in the golf world, all the hype has been building for this event. And I think the real star of the show is going to be this course, you know, LA Country Club by can't remember ever being so excited to kind of see a golf course in action. So that's uh, one of the big things I can't wait to see this week is how the course plays. And we will get into the details of that course in just a moment, but we would not be a trio without our third. He is the model maniac on Twitter. It is none other than the host of the back nine bets podcast, Byron Linda Q. Byron, how are you doing? As good as ever boys. It's the U S open week. It's almost the end of the grind. You know, Wednesdays are usually when I'm, running on fumes with the content world kind of coming to a close, but uh, I'm doing better than Ron. I at least got internet and a full complement of screens and apps and things I need. So we're, we're in good shape. I'm feeling good. Ron has his phone, so he will make do with caveman internet the best he can. And I want to actually come back to you, Ron, because you mentioned being excited about this course for anyone who has gone to bestforsgolf.com and seen your free U.S. Open course preview, a few points you emphasized was this Los Angeles Country Club being the fifth longest course on tour, including the third longest that's hosted a major over the last couple of seasons. Also, firm and fast conditions will be the defense for this course against golfers. And we are expecting a majority of approach shots to be used from long iron irons, basically prioritizing 175 yards out. But what else about this course excites you ahead of this weekend? Yeah. So, you know, it kind of starts with the fairways, you know, everyone's talking about how wide they are. And then, you know, like people are saying, you know, just because they're wide, these are really different fairways. They slope in all different directions. And so, you know, you have Bermuda rough, which is also different, very unique for us open. Um, but yeah, these fairways are contoured, they're angled. So you have to hit your drives on the right side of the fairway. So there's a lot of accuracy that's really still in play here. And, you know, I do have accuracy way up there uh, as opposed to distance, even though this is a long course. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, I think another big thing that I'm looking at here is with these greens, like around the greens, you know, the slope, the speed of the greens, uh, they're playing. They're supposed to be really firm and fast. Um, you're going to hear those words a lot this week as well. Um, I think lag putting, these greens are kind of bigger. And uh, so I think that's going to be a really key this week as well. Uh, but, yeah, just looking for guys uh, who are really good, um, whether it's chipping from tight lies, whether it's, you know, you got these bunkers that have this really soft sand. Um, you got these barrancas, uh, which are basically dried out riverbeds that are kind of the, one of the most penal areas of the course. So there's just a whole lot in play here. And the thing that really gets me excited about the course is just how unpredictable each shot could be. You know, players are going to have all different types of lies. Um, and so I really think the creative shot makers, you know, the strategic thinkers, um, and there's a couple players who definitely fit that bill um, that we'll discuss who uh, are really going to be playing a lot this week. Pure bent grass green putting will be discussed throughout. Also, the fact that at least as of Wednesday afternoon, there's no wind advantage from what I've seen in that, yes, the afternoon wave looks like they will get close to double digit. 10 mile, 10 to 12 mile per hour win. But at the same time, if they turn around and they're back on the course first thing in the morning, no win to worry about whatsoever. So even amount of tee times with some very respectable groupings, unlike what happened at the last major. Byron, what else are you looking at for the LACC when building lineups? I am looking at 
guys that have played well in majors in particular. I think there's just a certain type of golfer that shines in these environments. You know, we can get into them here shortly, but you can just see their, their short game gets better. Their total strokes gains get better. It's just a different breed of golfer that succeeds. Um, I'm also looking for bogey avoidance with a tinge of birdie or better rates because I'm like we spoke about yesterday, John, I'm not entirely sure how this course is going to play. I think it could be anywhere between minus seven to minus 13, minus 14. So that can impact kind of how the the week goes. So potentially you can build different lineups based off of if you think it's going to be a bit medium kind of difficulty versus the the hard style that we typically see in majors. So two kind of avenues there is going to be how I'm, I'm rolling my lineups out this week. And we spoke in length about Rainmakers for everyone. If you'd like to catch our quick 10-minute video we did last night. But now we're speaking about DFS and salaries and using those and where everyone stands. And as we get into the first tier of golfers, that is prudent just because Scotty Scheffler is the top at 11-4. It's very well known by now that he switched his putter. That's the only area he's been lacking this calendar year. Uh, and if that were to fix things, I would imagine he's going to come in quite high rostered. John Rahm also underneath him at 11-1. Brooks Kapka at 10-8. Patrick Cantley at 10-3. Cantley, who I think will be the overlooked one among this group, a group that also includes Victor Hovland at 10-K. Byron, let's go ahead and get started here at the top. Where are you thinking in this range of five golfers? Yeah. Immediately looking at Patrick Cantley at that kind of price, 10-3 seems very affordable for someone playing in California. Now, it's not on Poa Greens. We are putting on bent. I don't know. I wasn't listening to Ron in the beginning. I'm My bad. But we are on bent grass greens in California this week versus Poa, which is not your typical kind of golf course that you will find on the West Coast. He's really good on bent grass greens. Now, his ownership is projected as one of the lowest of the five. Mm -hmm. And we could see one of those like classic reverse pivot ownership situations where, oh, Patrick Cantley's low owned. Let's go to him. And the whole kind of industry shifts that way on a Wednesday afternoon. And then he lands up being a little higher towards the 20% range come tomorrow morning when we wake up. So I don't mind Cantley either way. Um, I'm having a tough time not playing Brooks, I think, at that price. And what his ownership's looking like right now, sitting in the teens, it seems very appealing to me for someone that's second in strokes gained in majors. So there's a lot to like about him. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, but I'm tempted to just not play Scotty Sheffer this week. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to think about it, but he's, there's, there's just, he's so good off from T to green. I think, you know, when the ball's bouncing around on this kind of venue, there's a bit more, issues that can happen and if it if the course plays a little easier than we expect i'm particularly inclined to go away from scotty and i know you're struggling to discuss it because it's strictly for game theory purposes and just trying to get off the yeah. 35 40 percent especially in smaller fields high stakes i would imagine he's not going to be faded at all and as we also talked about on that previous show we did together last night i mean it's just the way he's playing right now he is literally the god of golf who is doing everything in peak Tiger Woods fashion, except for putting. So if this putter change really is going to bring him to fruition in every aspect of the game, then it's over. Like then We have a winner already discussed. But Ron, go ahead and you can dive into the game theory reasoning for Scheffler and whomever else you like at the top here. Yeah, so just going back to Cantlay really quick, because I do like him, and Byron said a lot of good things about him. But 
you know, he's got 12 top 25s in majors in his career. So it's not like he's been terrible in majors. He just hasn't broken through yet. And so, you know, the fact that he went to UCLA, pretty sure he's played here more than any other player. Um, he played here, in his own words, more than a dozen times. Um, shot a 62 here. Obviously, that was years ago. Um, but I think he's, like Byron said, in that price range, he's, he's a really good play. I have an outright on him. Um, but just going to the top here. So let me, let me go over Scheffler. So, and yeah, like when it comes to majors, um, usually it's best not to overthink it. You know, there's only a handful of players who are going to probably have a chance to win. Now, this course, with this course being so unique, there could be an outlier who sneaks in. You know, that's possible. But I mean, when you look at him being the best tee to green player in the world, Okay. And we're talking by Tiger Woods margins here Okay, recently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 3.15 gaining T to green this year so far. Cantlay is the second best at only 2.1. So he's, he's lapping the field. Um, the key thing for me with Scheffler um, was that I came across yesterday. So, yes, he's 148th on tour in putting. But when you look at approach putt performance, which basically measures how close a putter gets their initial putt to the hole, he's third in the entire PJ tour in that same time period. So he's struggling. Okay. To sink those initial 10 footers, 20 footers, but he's, he's not three putting. Okay. And so on a course like this, where you have these tricky greens, um, some really huge greens over 8,000 square feet, you know, I think his ability to lag putt is going to save him strokes throughout the event. So that's kind of the big thing for me while I'm on Scheffler. Um, I'll be matching the field, if not trying to go above. Um, I know we'll get to the 7K range, and there are some chalky guys down there, but I think there's also some ways that we could get different down there as well. And just really quick, John Rahm, maybe, you know, I don't know what the current ownership is at right now, but, you know, maybe somewhat a forgotten man. Um, you know, his short game is much improved. Um, you know, just at the Memorial, he's gained 11.4 uh, gained strokes ball striking. Um, he did lose five putting, um, but he's been a much more consistent um, putter than, than Scheffler has been recently. Um, so yeah, Rom like Canley has also been dominant in California. So, you know, I don't think you can go away from those two guys at the top of the board. Um, I will say that I am fading, completely fading Kepka, and that's a very scary thing to do. But for me, this is not a typical U.S. Open course. Um, I think the added layer of shot making and creativity that's needed, not that he can't do that, but I just think, um, you know, he's so good at these traditional you know, bomb it and gouge it and, and those type of tracks that I think this may be a little different. And that's kind of at 10.8, you know, he's pretty pricey. And so that's kind of all goes into my reason for, for not playing Kepka this week. That certainly helps lower some exposure for everyone at the top, especially because I've tried it. You can do Scheffler and Brooks together, but you got to get really ugly in the low 6Ks, which I have a hard time finding. We'll get there when we get there. I got um, you. And, and that's, of course, you always do. Ryan Garrard, I'm sure, will come up. But also, Byron, it makes Cantley, for both the reasons y'all discussed, interesting because Cantley's also somewhat of a sneaky pivot that people don't think about off of Victor Hovland since Hovland and Scheffler are so easy to combine. So even going up that extra 300 bucks and spending on Cantley instead of Hovland does get us a little unique exposure if that's the way you want to play it, stacking two of the expensive guys. But if that's... Not the way you want to play it, Ron. I will come to you in the 9K range because then we can get interesting with Rory McIlroy at 9-9, nine, nine, 
Xander Shoffley, I think, is picking up a little bit of steam midweek at 9-6. Max Homa, who, yes, we, of course, have to discuss his lack of performances in majors at 9-4. Colin Morikawa, who's in the big grouping at 9-3 on day one. Jordan Spieth, 9-2. Matthew Fitzpatrick, former U.S. Open winner at 9-1. And Cam Smith at an even 9-K. Your thoughts? So this week, um, maybe as opposed to some other weeks, I am taking some firmer stands and just you know, crossing guys off up here. And Rory is something I'm somebody I'm crossing off. Um, I know he hasn't been playing bad. You know, he's kind of had these top seven finishes over the last month or so. Um, but just watching him at Oakdale, you know, on Sunday, just, you know, right there and then just fading away. Um, just that combined with kind of the same thing with Brooks. You know, I don't know if he has the creativity around the greens here. Um, just little things like that. Um, so that has me off of him because I really like some of these guys below him. I know Xander's going to be really popular, but just, you know, when you talk about short-term, long-term history, you know, he's gained 33 strokes ball striking his last five events. You know, he's also obviously consistently positive with a short game. Um, you know, he's just one of those guys, similar to Cantlay, he's got this all-around game, but it's going to really play well here where you're going to have to use every club in your bag. You know, he's never finished outside the top 20 in the U.S. Open. So just the model of consistency. And while he may not win at that price, you know, if he gets you a top 10, you know, hopefully higher, you know, I think that might be enough. Um, the two guys I really like, and this goes back to the kind of the course fit that everyone's talking about this week, Jordan Spieth. Okay, ball striking has been excellent, fifth at the Memorial. But when you throw in his short game creativity, you know, if we're talking this about this course as, you know, a strategic shot makers, a think a thinking man's course. I mean, Jordan Spieth, that all screams, you know, his name. And so, you know, nobody talks on the course like he does. Nobody thinks through shots like he does. Um, so I just think this is a real good um, position for him. And again, I don't know what his current ownership is at the moment, but um, kind of in the same vein, and I, I'm glad I get to talk about Cam Smith before Byron does. Um, but, you know, he's been growing on me throughout the week. Um, if he can just be average off the tee, you know, he's going to be right there in the mix all the way till Sunday. You know, when he was interviewed about this course, you know, his face lit up because he said he talked about how it reminded him of courses back in Australia and just how firm and fast it is, the layout. Um, so, you know, I think he's obviously a top five short game player in the world. When we get to around those greens, you know, we talk about magic beans, the ability to sink, you know, 20 foot pars for putt or putts for par. You know, he kind of just, um, you know, just everything you're looking for here. And, and even if you go back to where he has had his best finishes, you look at Augusta, you look at St. Andrews, you look at even Kapalua, all of those courses have sloped fairways. And so just something about the terrain, the feel of this course, um, I think for him it really lines up as a good play at, at 9K. Byron, would you like to get into 9K Cam Smith now? I mean, Ron is, it's, he's just trying to woo me. I mean, talking sexy stuff about Cam Smith, nothing I can disagree with there. They all have really big greens as well, Ron, those three courses you mentioned. And I think that helps him from his inaccuracies off the tee. The bigger the green is, the more likely you are still to hit the green from the rough. So Cam Smith, you know, at a golf course like this, where like at the last major, Oak Hill, the penal cabbage just ruined his entire mojo. This week, I think he can still scramble pretty nicely out of the rough quite fine. Um, I don't mind Xander at all. I do think I'm going to be playing him as a chalky option. Yeah, that consistency, 
man, he's an elite long iron player. And we're seeing a lot of 200 plus yard shots at this venue this week. And I think that just perfectly sets up for his game. And then a little pivot action in this range is Colin Morikawa. I don't mind him at all sitting around 9,300 bucks, around 10%, 11% owned. If you think about what Colin does badly on the tour, it's around the greens and putting. And we've discussed this for the PGA Championship. He jumps considerably in strokes gained around the green and putting in majors. And it just, it happens for some weird reason. He just forgets that he's bad at that and just becomes average to good. And then he's once again, one of the best iron players in the world. So we're going to get a nice combination there from Colin at around 10%, 9,300 bucks. I don't mind that at all this week. Any particular player, maybe you were already mentioned him, Ron, that you are looking to fade in the 9K range. You talked about who you're high on, but is there someone you think you'll just be off altogether? And is it just Rory? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not playing any Colin Morkmoa. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be off him due to, you know, concerned about his back a little bit. But he wasn't really playing well uh, even before that. You know, he's had two missed cuts. He had a 26th and a 29th, you know, kind of in those last four starts before he withdrew um, uh, at the Memorial. So, you know, I think – I think his short game difficulties at times are going to put tremendous pressure on him here. So just for all those reasons combined, um, you know, ball striking aside and the fact that he's played here uh, many times, um, that's, that's kind of the main reasoning why I'll be fading more call. In that case, let's move on to the eight Ks because I think it starts to get really interesting here knowing that if people only play one of the five five digit players, they can come right down here and play two of these guys. And Tyrrell Hatton playing the best golf of his life at eight nine. Tony Finau, eight eight, Justin Thomas, who is a bit of a putting slump at this moment, eight seven. Hideki Matsuyama at eight six. Shane Lowry, eight five. Sung JM, eight four. Dustin Johnson at 8-3, which seems like an odd price. Sam Burns, 8-2. Jason Day, 8-1. And Cam Young, even 8K. Byron, get us started. Cool. What what about DJ's price is weird to you? It's too low? I believe it's too low, yes. Interesting, because he's done nothing to warrant even being in the 8K range, in my opinion. I think he should be in the oh, okay. Interesting. because the guy's just being hot garbage. You know, outside of a live win that he kind of stumbled into some way um he hasn't really done anything else yeah he hasn't really done too much else in the big majors i think he missed the cut at augusta and then you know dogged it up at at the pga after having a solid first opening round so nothing inspiring from dj in that respect so i'll be going to turtle as a chalk bomb as well you got to be conscious of how you build your rosters if you're going with like a zander and a turtle in that in that range it's going to get real chalky real quick but man the guy's just kind of essentially bulletproof across the board, putting, irons, driving, around the greens, just everything trending in the right direction. And, you know, his last major, he shot seven over in his front nine. And then if he shot level par, he would have pretty much finished second in that tournament had he not blew it in the first nine. So he has got major potential. He can grind away on tough courses. I don't mind him at this venue. Um, Shane Lowry, if we're going with the, the way that we think it's going to play sub 10 for a winning score. Shane Lowry's your guy. If it's going to be into the teens, he's not. So I don't mind Shane Lowry. Yeah, if we expect it to be difficult, 
His ball striking is something like he's kind of a Scotty Scheffler, but an XL version of that and not nearly as good from TD Green, but still pretty solid. So I don't mind Shane Lowry at all with that kind of ball striking and lack of upside in a birdie fest, but he's someone I'll be going to as like a pivot in this 8K range. I think it's odd to me just because we're used to a player who has won majors to be a higher price naturally. Ron, you even tweeted out the strokes gained on average for this entire field in both majors and the players championships. That's a bigger course since 2019 and Dustin Johnson in that range, basically just who elevates their game for majors and important events. Dustin Johnson is sixth in strokes gain and differential when it comes to majors. And so he just, one of those players usually shows up and is priced more. I think that's what initially stood out to me. Uh, however, I will say, Another big game player, in my opinion, that I will be planting a flag on is Hideki Matsuyama. Very high on him this week, whether it's the my second highest guy I roster or maybe trying to squeeze him in with Cantley or Victor Hovland. But Hideki, we benefit from those back-to-back missed cuts, the Arnold Palmer and Genesis Invitationals. But since then, seven consecutive finishes inside the top 31. Uh, that T5 finish at the Players' Championship. He's lost strokes on approach, which, as we talked about earlier, is important at this event. Um, and only one of his last nine tournaments. And then top 10 in this field as well. And strokes gained around the green over the last 36 rounds. So really coming to form and just everything we want for this course, in my opinion. So at 8-6, Hideki's absolutely one of my favorite players in DFS lineups this week. But Ron, I will kick it to you for the rest of the tier. Let me start with the bottom t- bottom half of this tier because it's pretty rough. And just really quick on each guy. So Sungjae has been struggling mightily, um, just every part of his game approach, staying away from him. Uh, DJ, you know, yeah, he does raise his game. I think a lot of that, though, was two, three, four years ago even. So I just think right now, just, you know, he's one of those guys that I think, unlike Brooks, you know, he's just kind of enjoying his life on the live tour. I'm not saying he's not taking it seriously, but I just don't see it from him. Sam Burns has been horrible tee to green. Like if you go back to the start of this year, he's actually losing strokes tee to green, which is just unheard of. You know, Mm. his putters kind of been saving him a lot. You know, Jason Day, another guy who's just, you know, going back and forth with his equipment, making changes here and there. Other than his win at um, the Byron Nelson, like he's finished in the 50s and 60s. Like, so he's just been very inconsistent lately as well. Cam Young, I mean, struggling everywhere around the greens. You know, he would be a guy, you look at that price, I mean, I would be salivating over that, you know, three months ago. But, you know, I just think he's a little bit lost out there. So, for me, the top of this range is where it's at. I will say I'm also fading Terrell Hatton. You know, I do think um, with his ownership getting up there. And I think a course like this, as quirky as it is, he's going to hit some really good shots. And he's going to end up in the rough. He's going to end up in a bronca. He's going to be getting so frustrated and I just think that's going to mess with him mentally a little bit, you know, how upset he gets when things don't go his way. So I'm very happy to fade him. And so for me, you know, Tony Fino, I think he's going to go overlooked a lot this week. Um, I think this is a really good buy low spot for him. I know people were really upset with how he performed at Oak Hill where he just struggled mightily. But again, he's a top five iron player in the world, um, kind of in the same mold as Cantley and Shoffley. You know, when he's on his game, Every bag in his club is, is working together. Um, and so I just think those all-around skills. Um, and he does have a very good track record on firm courses as well. So I do like Fino. Um, I'm going back to JT. 
I know I say it every time, but, you know, when I hear Max Homa say that, you know, he played a practice round with him and, you know, if they were keeping track, he would have shot like a 61, like he was just striping it. I've seen some, you know, just around the green, just all the different types of shots that you have to hit around here. He's got all those shots. So, you know, we're getting down to 8,700 here. Um, that's a spot that, you know, a lot of people are down on him. You know, from what I saw yesterday, his ownership is still pretty low. You know, I think people are going to still be sour on playing him. So I really love JT this week. And then Hideki, like you said, John, um, you know, he has not missed a cut in either a PGA championship or a U.S. Open. I mean, we're going back to like 2015 here. So similar to Xander, just you're looking for a model of consistency in the AK range, it's Hideki. You know, he's got one of the best short games in the world. Um, not going to be – I've heard some people talk about a putting contest. I don't see it here at all. You know, he's going to make the putts he needs to. Um, and so I just think Hideki at 8,600, you know, even if you want to not necessarily start here, but if, you know, I've built a bunch of lineups where I'm going Spieth, Smith, and either JT or Hideki. I mean, those are three guys with win equity. Um, if you're looking to kind of skip the top range. Um, so there's a lot you can do in this upper 8K range. Byron, I know also that one, if you want to speak about Justin Thomas, you think he could be trending in the right direction, even if you're underweight on him. And two, I also know you're fading Jason Day. So go ahead and give those reasons for everyone. Yeah. Um, the JT play is interesting because we, we now have him at the lowest price he's ever really been. And he's also not 19, 20%, which I think is the issue I had with him in the past where when he gets to these kind of prices that everyone salivates over, everyone rushes to him. But now we go to a course that he's sitting around 10%. I don't mind that at all. Um, he also kind of pops with the putter in majors. You know, current baseline, he's 102nd in the field in, in all sorts of events. And then when you get to majors, it's 51st. So I don't know if he's going to be putting much better this week, but there's a chance, you know, if history repeats itself, he'll be putting much better, typically in a major. And then Jason Day, I think I'm more fading him in the Rainmaker side of things, uh, John, particularly okay. because that's like a long-term injury concern. But if his ownership starts trickling towards like 5 6 7%, I may dive in on Jason Day just for a little bit of exposure there because he's second in bogey avoidance. He's He pops and doesn't. He's also won, I think, a U.S. Open in the past, and he's a really good golfer. And if we're going to get him at this kind of price, there is obviously concern about the injury on his wrist that he has self-diagnosed, apparently. All that jazz changed his irons up. You know, there's a lot going on, but I think people can get scared off of him because of that case. But it's just for a four-round event. Anything can happen. Okay, I think we've dwindled down and gave some particular options that we really like and are fading in the 8Ks. So let's chop the 7Ks in half because I think this is where it gets really interesting in that there are lots of pivots to discuss. At the top, Tommy Fleetwood, 7-9, just lost the playoff to Nick Taylor, of course, in Canada last week. Tom Kim, 7-8. Corey Connors, always underpriced for majors at 7-8. Joaquin Neiman, 7-7. Justin Rose, 7-7. Bryson D. freaking Shambo at 7-6. Keegan Bradley, 7'6", Sebastian Thigala, 7'6", as well. And then we will stop at the 7,500s because it's probably quite a few players to discuss. And Patrick Reed, Wyndham Clark, Adam Scott, and Ricky Fowler. Uh, Ron, go ahead and get us started in the top of the 7Ks. Yeah, so I love Joaquin Neiman here at 7'7". Um, 
you know, coming off a poor performance at the PGA, I, I think this course is much, much better for him. You know, his low ball flight is going to play much better in these firm and fast conditions. Um, Bankgrass is the only kind of surface he really puts well on. Um, one at Riviera, which is another George Thomas design out there in California. Um, yeah, he also plays above his baseline on tougher courses. So I think Joaquin Neiman is a great play um, at 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, again, is another guy who, you know, I'll be looking at both him and Rose. You know, they played a lot recently, haven't had many weeks off. Um, but I think both of those guys are just striking it so well. Um, Justin Rose, of course, the best bent grass putter in this field. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with him. Um, and just kind of staying at the top, I know Ricky Fowler um, is going to be pretty popular this week at 7,500. Uh, but but he's he's the guy when you're looking at, you know, if, if Xander's the 9K consistent guy, Hideki's the 8K guy. Uh, Ricky Fowler's your 7K consistent guy. Just just every week, um, you know, finishing top 20, getting in that range. So I just think his all-around game, um, his ability to, again, uh, you know, the touch he can display around these greens as well. Um, so I'm, Fowler's a guy who, you know, might be a little chalky, but he's a guy who uh, will be playing a lot in that upper 7K range. And usually, Ron, this is when you talk about Patrick Reed, the last two major DFS tournaments that we've gotten to play him you spoke highly of him and I really thought you were going to do so again because I like Patrick Reed not only as a pivot from Fowler and that important 7500 range but honestly everything he does well fits this course whether it be scrambling uh sand saves approach shots accuracy off the tee I like Reed a lot this week yeah I agree with you you know he's uh, a little bit lower down my list but yeah just the kind of in the speed uh, Cameron Smith, uh, kind of same type of player where he can just kind of save pars when you don't expect him to. Um, obviously, he's one of the best players in this field. And, yeah, uh, when you're talking about around the green play, there's no one better than Patrick Reed. So um, he's definitely a guy who performs well seemingly every single major. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's definitely someone who, uh, who I'll be playing as well. Bryson DeChambeau also one of only three outright bets I made for how he's playing. Top five in this field in good drive percentage over the last three months, which is a stat we use at BetfordsGolf.com to show and highlight how many inches from the rough you are inside the fairway for accurate drivers. And then, of course, seven of his eight wins on the PGA Tour have come on bent grass greens for what that's worth. So I, I like DeChambeau quite a bit at 7,600 as well. But Byron, go ahead and give us your thoughts the top half of the 7Ks. Yeah, so a really weird thing coming on here is if we lived in an alternate reality and you hit a button and a golf club turned into a calculator or a canvas, Bryson DeChambeau would turn into a calculator and Patrick Reed would have a massive, beautiful Bob Ross canvas in his hands. And I think you need a canvas in your hands when that button gets switched because this kind of golf course requires, as we've mentioned many times so far, touch, feel, creativity, magic, magic beans, you know, luck box mm -hmm. factory stuff, you know. So I do think if I'm fading someone like Bryson, there's about like 11 guys at double-digit figure ownership in the 7K range, which is kind of – Peculiar for a, a DFS. Do you space, have him list? Do you have him as one of the double digit guys right now? Yeah, I'm. I've okay. seen him around about 15 ish percent. So that's kind of high mm. for me. I wouldn't mind going to like a Sahith the Gala, who I feel like would also be walking around with a, a big old clunky canvas. And he's he's played here regularly. I think he said he's played here over about 30 times on his Sirius XM interview. He's also one of these guys that struggles off the tee. Everything else is so solid for Sahith. So great course 
knowledge, I think can really be beneficial this week for him. And then let's go to some guys like Justin Rose is going to be my chalk bomb that I'll be eating. I just think he's super safe, plays great in majors, putts while in majors, and he's, he's just general form is just trending in the right direction. Really good long iron player as well. So I don't mind him. I'm out on Ricky. Ricky's been putting much better lately. He doesn't putt well in majors. So if you're going to give me a guy that's 20% owned in Ricky Fowler and you've got a glaring deficiency, like he's 125th in strokes game putting in majors. So I don't know how that's going to be beneficial. I know the price is super cheap and he has been playing great, great golf. But if you take a look at the PGA Championship, the putter let him down. So that's a very recent situation of a long-standing trend that he's had. So I don't mind Patrick Reed either, though. Lots of guys to like you. And Fowler, as Ron mentioned, safety net, great cash game play at 7,500. We're not worried about ownership in your 50-50 tournaments. Um, but I think Reed is an amazing pivot at the same price. God, I love Patrick Reed this week. Moving on. Oh, you're on mute, Ron. Adam, no, I was just going to say Adam Scott is another guy I forgot to mention. Sure. Who's just, I mean, he's he's maybe playing the best golf he's played in the last five years right now. So, you know, you're, if you're trying to fit, you know, like for me, if you're, you're going to go Scheffler, JT, top of your lineup, you know, you're looking for like this mid-7K range. And, yeah, Byron said there's a lot of ownership, a lot of high ownership down here. Um, but if you can kind of spread your ownership around, you know, the more guys you can use down here, the better kind of mix and match uh, what I like to do. So I think Adam Scott's a, a good name too. I'm still pivoting my face off in this range because as we get into the seven K's and the lower half of them, Taylor Montgomery, seven, four, Alex Noren, seven, four, some others that stand out. Abraham answer seven, four as well. Nick Taylor, fresh off that win that Byron called last week. That's why I ended up playing him only because Byron spoke highly of him at seven, three, Seamus power, seven, three, Keith Mitchell, seven, three as well. And then I think a couple other popular options will be Victor Perez, Seven three, since he seems to have gotten noticed of late. Uh, Siwoo Kim at seven three as well. Mito Pereira, who I came into the week thinking I was going to play, but man, it really sounds like he's getting steamed harder than anyone in this range. Cam Davis, same price as Mito as well at seven two. Gary Woodland seven two. Diddy McCarthy seven two. I mean, the list goes on, Ron. So go ahead and just get us started. Russell Henley seven one as well. Yeah, so I mean, the case for Mito. You know, there's I think there's really good reason people are turning to him. Not that, again, if you're looking for leverage, I don't I don't think you ever want to have a, a 7-2 guy who's, you know, 15, 20 percent owned. Okay, That never mm -hmm. usually works well. But I mean, not only did he make the cut with good finishes at both majors this year, but he's gained he gained 17.4 strokes ball striking in those two events. You know, and those two challenging courses. I mean, we're talking Augusta and Oak Hill. Um, he's got four top tens on the live tour this year. So he's kind of playing well wherever he plays. Um Hey, remember, it was just at Southern Hills, which is a comp course. Not, not a, maybe not a great comparison, but, I mean, you're talking Bermuda Rough. You're talking, you know, uh, Bent Greens. You know, he contended there. And, you know, it's got very tight runoffs like Southern Hills. So, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. You know, if you want to get different in a lot of other places, you know, I think, I think he's a great play. Um, love Siwoo Kim. You know, he gained uh, gaining five-plus strokes ball striking in his last five events. Um, fourth at the Memorial. You know, people talk all the time, especially players who play with him about it doesn't get talked about enough, but how much of a magician he is around the greens as well. So, you know, I just think at this price, um, a major winner, um, you know, Siwoo Kim, you don't know what you're going to get from him sometimes. You know, he's kind of a, a, a mini Terrell Hatton. You know, when things go bad, they really go bad. 
and there is a possibility for that this week on this course. Um, mm -hmm. But I think the upside he presents here is really good. My other favorite guy down here is going to be Russell Henley um, at 7-1. You know, he has the precision, ball striking, to finish very high. And he's another guy who's been really consistent when you dig deep and look at his, his history in majors. You know, he's played in 18 majors in his career. He's made the cut in 14 of them. He's got five top 25s. You know, he was just 10th uh, at Augusta for the Masters. So I think Russell Henley is a guy down here who, you know, really another guy we're looking for upside. You know, he gives it. I completely agree on Russell Henley. I even went into Byron's DMs this morning, was asking his ownership as I was looking for ways to get up other players like Mito that I think will just be popular, although I like his form, uh, in the low 7Ks. But Byron, go ahead and give us your thoughts in, in this range. Yeah, I'll just get Seamus Power out the way. You know, major Always. guy. Always got to mention him. Hasn't been playing that well lately. I'm okay. I'll go back to him at another major. He's only 2%, whatever. Taylor Moore is someone that's kind of popped a little bit for me. He's a really solid long iron play. Hits a bunch of green in regulations. Pretty solid putting um, from 5 to 15 feet in general. And I think you're going to need that around this venue. Who else do we like? We like... Some serious, we'll, we'll go some pivots here. Tom Hoagie, he's going to be like 1% owned. He is one of the best iron players in this field. He's typically super accurate off the tee, doesn't necessarily have the most distance. I think that is not that big of a deal here. Like we've mentioned many times, he's 1% owned, Tom Hoagie. Harris English, also trending real nicely with the ball striking on, a, on approach, chipping and putting. You know, once you get off the, off the tee box here, Harris English is going to be running rampant i like what he can get up to chris kirk seventy one hundred dollars two percent owned he plays great golf in majors missed the last two cuts he's played in but i think he's made the last four major cuts and plays solid golf in those ryan fox a little more chalky five-ish percent seventy one hundred bucks also just a great golfer from the euro tour that's now got special temporary membership on the pga he's trending in the right direction quite regularly and has played well in majors too and then eric cole $7,000 flat. He finished T15, I think, at the PGA Championship last, last major and has and just went surging up the leaderboard at the Canadian Open to finish inside the top 20 last week. So he's playing really good golf, plays good golf on tough golf courses, and then can't go without mentioning Emiliano Grillo either. I think from a ball striking standpoint, if he can just do what he's been doing, I love what he can do here, and the putter seems to have fixed itself. So the only issue there for him at 7000 bucks is around the green. And at that price point, you know, you can have a pain point like that and just handle it just fine at 3% ownership. What do you have Griot's ownership at right now? Uh, and what do you have – who was I going to ask you about? Um, oh, Eric Cole at as well because – I thought Eric Cole would be kind of popular, but if I'm wrong, I would like to play him. He's like six, seven percent right now. For oh, Eric interesting. Cole. Okay, he, he was so terrible. popular last week just because of a weak field, and he mm. made sense in that mid six K range. Yeah, and I think you know the weird thing is like if you get priced low from the eight K into the set into the high sevens, ownership can flare up. But if you get priced close to the six K range, people like get scared of just clicking a name that's seven thousand dollars or less. Right. It's yeah. like a weird if he was sixty nine hundred, I think he'd be even less owned. So it's just a weird thing like that where super low owned, low, low price guys typically don't get clicked as much, I think. 
right. Grio at 7K, I think, is an amazing pivot as well. He's yeah. top 20 in my model. And so I had to research him deep because I was confused when I first saw it. Uh, moving on to the 6Ks, though. Byron, I will kick it to you first since you said you are here to help out just in case people want to try to stuff two of the five 10K guys. Yes. Let's talk about some guys in the 6K, and we'll start off with Patrick Rogers at $6,900. This guy's been balling out. I think he's, he's been kicking ass in majors, man. I don't, I don't know why he can't close a tournament, but when it comes to a big event, he tends to just play just fine. He's $6,800, $6,900. He's going to be roughly 4 or 5% owned, but that's fine for that price point. Um, major off the tees and putting, he's just so solid on those two aspects. We can deal with the approach play in $6,900 range. Matt Kucha, the best around the green play in the field, top 10 in bogey avoidance, and he dominates par fives, even though he doesn't have that much length. I think it's mainly because of that around the green play. He's $6,900. Andrew Putnam sits at 47th in my model, and he's also... Super accurate off the tee, really tidy around the greens, great at avoiding bogeys. He's third in the field in bogey avoidance this year. Then Adam Schenk, 6,800 bucks. How many times have you been watching golf lately and seen Adam Schenk at the top of a leaderboard? He's got kind of the opposite aspect where he he just crushes it off the tee and then deals with the rest of his game from there. And he's been playing some really solid golf too. Dylan Wu is $6,400, which to find someone below 6,500 bucks, that you have semi-conviction about this week mm -hmm. is going to be very different, yes. difficult. And I think Dylan Wu is one of those few guys that sits in that range. And then Patrick Harrington is $6,600. And I think he has made all four cuts on the PGA Tour this year. He's been flirting with victory pretty much every other week on the Champions Tour. Doesn't have terrible distance off the tee. He's actually above average there. And he's really tidy around the greens. Made the cut at the PGA Championship. He's $6,600. I want to add, Ron, that I don't see why we shouldn't go back to Sam Bennett either since we've talked about him of late. Uh, just to get into that final pairing with Scotty Scheffler for a T-16 at the Masters, a T-20 last week at the low 6Ks that kind of came out of nowhere. And like the, his best attribute has been his accuracy off the tee. So at least we will get that from a 6,500 player. Uh, what else do you have for us in the 6Ks? Yeah, so I actually had a ton of notes on these guys, but since I can't look at it on the screen right now because my internet's not working, I, but a good thing is Byron literally talked about most of the guys I had, so that's good. Um, I'll give you another guy. So Brian Harmon, I don't, I can't remember if you mentioned him in the, the 30 names you I don't you know who he is, actually. Yeah, but, no, I mean, look, he's had some really good major finishes recently, mm -hmm. uh, plays pretty decent in the U.S. Open, 6,900. Top 10 around the green player. So, again, Brian Harmon, really good short game, which you're going to need this week to save you. Um, and, again, just trying to make par on a lot of these uh, – and especially these massive – I mean, there's literally three holes that are par fours that are over 500 yards. So, you know, Brian Harmon, sneaky good long iron player too. So I really think he's a great play at 6,900. Um, Sam Stevens, I, recently kind of up and down, but he is another guy who in the 6K range has kind of that all-around game. You know, I know he struggles at times with the short game. But I think he has the upside here at 6,600. Um, let's see. Who else was there? Uh, Michael Kim, okay, the last guy to get in the field. Kind of has turned his whole career around here, um, just playing really well. Um, again, California kid. So um, another 6K guy. I think that maybe not played as much, but I think he has the upside. He's got length off the tee, surprisingly. He's a really small guy, but 
you know, can really pound it off the tee. Um, and so I just think when you look at his recent performances, uh, he's definitely worth a play down here. Byron, it always makes me worry when Ron sells me on Harmon as I scramble through my contest right now and try to add him in everywhere. Honestly, one of the funniest moments I've ever had on a, on a camera in my life. <sighs> Anyways, well, before I sub him in everywhere, uh, let's get into, since I think it's important to give everyone three lower-priced options for this week, knowing that they can do kind of whatever they want if they pick at least one of the 10K guys. Let's go run your three favorite golfers priced 9K or less. So not in the 9K range, below 9K. All right, my phone is about to die, so I'll go quick here. Justin Thomas, okay. Um, I'm going to go Hideki. I, I think those two at 87, 8,600, and then I'll go Russell Henley, 71. Those will be my three. Awesome. I'll have, I'll have cores with those three guys in them. I have a lot of Hideki and Henley. Byron, what about you? I'm going to go Justin Rose, Sahith Thagala, and we're going to roll out Matt Kucha at $6,900. I also, like Ron, want to back him up and say I like Hideki, Bryson, and I think Siwoo Kim, though Russell Henley as well is very high on my list, and Patrick Reed. I'll give you a couple more. That's a couple of my flag plants. Ron, before your phone dies, your favorite bet this week. I got Ricky Fowler plus one ten for a top thirty. Okay, ownership doesn't matter um, at that when you're betting. So love Ricky Fowler top thirty. Byron favorite bet. Xander Shoffley top twenty, just wherever you can get it at plus one ten. Yeah. Oh, anything. I like it. Yeah. And at one percent of your phone, Ron, tell us what else you have coming out of the site for everyone. Well, I'm going to have to go somewhere with internet, but I will get it done. Uh, first round leader, all that stuff. Um, I'll get some ownership posted on the website. So I know we got a lot of new users, a lot of people signing up this week. So um, check the Discord. A lot of stuff will be posted on there tonight. Lots of updates coming into the projections right now as well. Byron, what about you? Where they can, can they find your work? Yep, at the Model Maniac on Twitter is the hub for all things Rotoballer and Back Nine Bets. I've got all sorts of value plays, the Rainmaker crap, and my signature breaking 100 article that's out there and my pinned tweet so lots of fun stuff we'll be back next week but of course remember as ron said tune into the site ownership projections and first round leaderboard picks coming up this evening at bedfirstgolf.com so until then enjoy the third major good luck to everyone whatever you're doing however you're playing this week and remember be a little bit kinder than what's required we'll see you next time